Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, just watching those words on the screen as Diane played, Lord, we're thankful that you are a faithful God. Lord, even in the midst of our doubts and how often our hearts doubt, nevertheless, Lord, you are faithful. Whatever promises you have made, Lord, you will bring them to be. And there's no reason to doubt that. Because, Lord God, you are an omnipotent, all-powerful God who doesn't promise anything that you can't do because you can do all things. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness. And thank you for the promise of salvation that you give us. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. Oh Lord, help us. Lord, as we study your word this morning, build in us a strength, build in us a, a faith so that we might always trust in your promises. This I pray in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 21, we'll be looking at verses 1 through 21 this morning. We are looking at the birth of Isaac. We've seen the birth announcement of Isaac, but now is the time and Isaac will be born. do want to point out, aren't we glad to have Miss Marguerite Grass with us here this morning? It is a blessing, sister, to see you here with us. Oh, love you. I didn't get it by you a while ago because everybody was lined up getting a neck hug, but I'm going to get my neck hug before you leave this morning, all right? <laughs> it is good to see you this morning. If you found your place there in Genesis chapter 21, verses 1 through 21, stand with me if you will, in reverence to the reading of God's holy word. And the Lord visited visited Sarah as he had said and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised and Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him whom Sarah bore him Isaac and Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old as God had commanded him. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the, the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, laughing. So she said to Abraham, Cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not be heir with my son Isaac. 
And the thing was very displeasing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, Be not displeased because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to do, do as she tells you. For through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And I will make a nation of the son of the slave woman also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she put the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bow shot. For she said, Let me not look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted, her voice, lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Fear not, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Up, lift up the boy, and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. And she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy, and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother took a wife from, for him from the land of Egypt. Amen. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his holy, inspired, and inerrant word. And may he write its eternal truth on all our hearts. And you may be seated. Well, we do have a tendency to be skeptical in our day, don't we? Uh, we, we watch politics uh, a lot on the news, and we are very skeptical of, skeptical of politicians because politicians always have a tendency to make a lot of promises, don't they? And when election year comes, they go out, they begin to make these promise, promise after promise after promise, and then we come to the time that they get into office and we just wait to see what promises they don't keep. Right? Not what promises they keep, but we begin to look for what promises they don't keep quite often. Uh, especially in the, the national politics when we get further away from uh, local. And that's the way it is uh, around. I mean, that's not just with politics, but that's just with life in general. We, we tend to see people make a lot of promises, promise us this thing and that thing. You go to the car dealer and you get promises. You go to a furniture dealer, you get these promises. And you go you all, all over. You get promise after promise after promise. But oftentimes those promises aren't fulfilled. And so we as a people tend to get skeptical of people when they make promises to us. But, and often we want to even pass those, that kind of idea on to God, don't we? Well, did God really say, can God really fulfill what he has promised us? But regardless of how Often people in this world may let us down. We can trust the Lord, for His promises never fail. 
Trust the Lord. That's the sermon in the sentence this morning. Trust the Lord for His promises never fail. As we follow Abraham in his life, it has been 25 years since the Lord came to him from the beginning. When he called him out of Ur, when he brought him down to this land of promise, when he told him, Abraham, through your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. It's been 25 years. 25 years have passed by. Abraham received this promise from the Lord. He's been waiting for this promise. He's even doubted the Lord's promise at times. He's doubted the ability of the Lord to, to bring this promise about. So he tried to take matters into his own hands and do it man's way. And thus we have Hagar, the slave woman, and her child Ishmael. But that was not God's intent. God's promise was he would give Abraham a son through Sarah. Twenty-five years have passed. Abraham was already old, old in age when God came to him the first time. Even that first time that God spoke to him and said, I will give you a son. I will give you an offspring. Certainly Abraham would have had his doubts even then because he was 75 years old at that time. Sarah was in her 60s. But now, 25 years have passed. Abraham is 100 years old. Sarah is around 90. Yet, even though it seemed like this was an impossible task, right? The way of the woman had already ceased to be with Sarah. It was unheard of, of a 100-year-old and a 90-year-old to bear a child. Yet God, He can always fulfill His promises. And now we come to that point in time in Abraham's life where God's grace begins to shine through him. We see God's grace and we see God's faithfulness coming through and he brings about this child. As we look at our story today, we see uh, that Sarah, who had laughed with doubt before, now she is laughing with joy. There's time of celebration. Praise God. He has accomplished what he said he would accomplish. He has given the Son, even though it seemed impossible. And Sarah is laughing with great joy. But even in the midst of this laughter, even in the midst of the, this joy, we also see conflict breaking in. The celebration fades to conflict as we see the son of Isaac, Ishmael. This one who is a product of man trying to do things his own way. He brings in conflict. Yet even in the midst of this sin-filled conflict, in the midst of it all, we see God's grace shining through. So in this passage, we see three of God's characteristics that bolster trust in Him. Three characteristics that bolster trust in God. As we 
wonder ourselves, how can we know that we can trust God's promises? We come to this passage and we see three characteristics of God that give us faith and build our trust in Him. First of all, we see God's faithfulness. We see God's faithfulness. Here in this story, of course, Isaac was born as promised. Isaac here has been born as promised. When you look at the first two passages, those first two verses of this, this, this section of, of Scripture here, we see this hammered in. Look there in verse 1. The Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. Three times there's confirmation that God has done exactly what he has promised. God promised Abraham a son who would be born to him through Sarah. A seed through whom his offspring would be announced. And though 25 years have passed, though doubt may have been creeping into Abraham's mindset, yet God comes through and he accomplishes what he had told them. You see, dear friend, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can hinder God from accomplishing his promises. When we think about the promises of the Lord and we begin to look at our, our situation and our circumstances, oftentimes we, we often begin to wonder, how can the Lord accomplish this? Well, we look at the way the world is going right now. We look at how things are becoming. And, and it, it, it's beginning to look less and less hopeful for us, doesn't it? We see the world going from, from bad to worse to even worse. <laughs> I mean, we would not have imagined even 10 years ago that society would be as ungodly as it is today. I mean, when we look around this world and we think about the, what we studied in, about Sodom and Gomorrah a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> We've got to wonder, how in the world, God, are you going to turn all of this around? But God's Word says, I promise you, I'm going to turn it around. There's coming a day, God says, that I'm going to wipe out all of the sin. I'm going to wipe out all of the rebellion. I'm going to wipe out all the wickedness, all the sickness, all the death. I'm going to take it all away. And dear friend, we know that God is a God who is able to accomplish that promise. There's nothing, absolutely nothing, that will keep God from accomplishing what He has promised. If all the nations of the world come together to stand against God, as Scripture tells us they will, they will not stop God. From accomplishing what he has promised God can and God will fulfill his promises Isaac was born to Abraham and Sarah just as God has promised 
But also we see in the passage uh, another uh, bit of God's faithfulness coming through. He also promised um, Abraham that Ishmael, this other son, this son that was a product of a, a sinful act of Abraham, but God promised Abraham back in uh, chapter 17, verse 20, he said, Abraham, you know what? I'm going to bless old Ishmael too. There in uh, chapter 17, verse 20, As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father 12 princes and I will make him into a great nation. You see, God not only fulfilled his promise in Isaac, but God, here we begin to see him, even in this passage, beginning to fulfill his blessings upon Ishmael. Poor old Ishmael. Though, God's, uh, though the offspring of Abraham was named through Isaac, God said, you know what, because, of, because Ishmael is your son, Abraham, I'm going to bless him. And I'm going to multiply him. And we see God beginning to fulfill that promise. God is a faithful God. He is a faithful God. He never turns away. But he always fulfills his promises. You can bank on that, dear friend. When you look into Scripture and you begin to read all the promises of God... You can have faith that God will accomplish those promises. Build your life upon the promises of God. For he shall surely fulfill them. Dear friend, today I want us to see this, that we can trust in the faithfulness of God. We can trust in the faithfulness of God. No matter how dismal life may seem, when we're trusting in the promises of God, we can face all the hardships. We can face all the heartbreaks. We can face the sickness. We can face death. Because God will fulfill His promises. Trust in the faithfulness of God. As the narrative continues here, we see a second, uh, second of God's characteristics that bolster our confidence in Him. We see God's common grace. We see God's common grace. Now let us remember. We remember back a, a few weeks ago when we were looking at intercessory prayer. And remember, we said that God does not hear the prayers of the lost. And God doesn't. God does not hear the prayers of the lost. The, the lost are in a, a position with God that is, that is one of conflict. The lost are living in an active disobedience against God. And so God does not hear their prayers like He hears the prayers of the saints, of those who trust in Christ. Because it's only in Christ that our relationship of Peace and love has been reestablished with the Father. And so we need to, to know that, but we also need to see that though God doesn't hear the prayers of the lost, nevertheless, God 
hears and sees the lost. And God loves them in a special way as well. He loves them in a, a, a way as well. And that's what we call, that's what we see in God's common grace. We see God is, a merc, is merciful to all. God is merciful to all. Here we have Ishmael. And Ishmael is not the son of promise. And so what happens at the, the feast as they're, they're celebrating the, the birth of Isaac? Well, there's the son of sorrow, the son of sin. He is over there laughing. See, Sarah was laughing in joy because of the birth of, of Isaac. But Ishmael, he is laughing in mockery at the son of Abraham, of Isaac. He is laughing in mockery. It doesn't tell us fully why he was laughing in mockery, but we can see that he's laughing in mockery because Sarah's not too happy about it. And so here's the, the son of Abraham, Ishmael, the son of this sinful union. And so Sarah says to Abraham, Abraham, you need to cast this mocker out. You need to get him out of here because he is not to inherit what my son is meant to inherit. And so Abraham, though he's not real happy about it, it kind of hurts him. He's, he's had this son for 13, 14, 15 years now. He's grown close to Ishmael. They've gone out to the fields together. They've hunted together. They've done father-son things together. And now, Sarah says, he's got to go. Abraham's displeased about this. But God comes to Abraham and says, don't be displeased. But do as Sarah has asked. Send him away. Because it's not through Ishmael that your seed, your offspring shall be named. It's through Isaac. So Abraham cast out Hagar and Ishmael. And oh, like a loving father, he takes, I'm sure, the, the biggest water skin that he can find. They didn't have canteens and that sort of thing. They just had skins that they, they put together to hold water. So I'm sure he found the, the biggest and the best one that he could find, and he filled it up with the best water he had, and he sent them off. As they began to wander in the wilderness, wandering away from civilization, the water runs out. The water runs out. They, they have nothing left. Maybe a, a couple measly old morsels of bread, and that's it. But what good's the bread going to do them without the water? I mean, we can last for a while without food, but we can't last any time at all without water. We got to have hydration. That was the, the life of them. And so Hagar, as she runs out of water, she, she goes and she finds a, a shade tree and she sets Ishmael down underneath the, tr tr the shade tree. There we go. She sets him under the shade tree. Son, you stay here. And she goes off a, a, a bow's shot distance away. 
far enough away that she can't hear him moaning, crying, longing for water. She begins to pray. And God comes to her, says, Hagar, what's wrong? What's wrong? Fear not. But the father has heard the cries of the boy. And he's provided for him. You see, Ishmael, Ishmael represents the sons of Adam. The sons of sin, the sons of disobedience. Those who, who live pressing against God. And as Scripture continues on, we'll see this all the more as the descendants of Ishmael will push against the people of God, his chosen race, Israel. Yet God hears Ishmael. He hears his cry. And God is a merciful God to all. While Abraham provided a skin of water that only lasted for a little while, God opens up the eyes of Hagar and look there before her was a well of water. God provided for Ishmael. God provided for the mocker. He provided for the godless. Not only that, but we see elsewhere in Scripture, not only does He provide for the mocker, but God even provides for the murderer, doesn't He? Let me remind you of the beginning of the book. Back in Genesis chapter 4, Cain killed his brother Abel. And God came and condemned Cain for what he had done. Sent him out of the garden for what he had done. And Cain said, chapter 4, verse 13, Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the garden and from the face, and from your face I shall be hidden. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, to this murderer, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. See, God is merciful to all. God was even, God is merciful to this mocker, to Ishmael, just as he was merciful to the murderer Cain. God is a merciful God, and in his common grace, he is merciful to all, and he provides for all. He provides for all. He provided for, while Abraham provided little a little water. God provides much water in the well that was there. Reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. God makes His sun rise on the evil and the good. And He sends rain on the just and the unjust. Isn't it amazing that God is such a loving, caring God? 
that even while the world around us is kicking against God, rebelling against God, telling God to shove off, we don't need you or want you, yet God is a merciful God to all, and He provides for everyone. He causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. He gives food for the ungodly just as He gives food to the godly. Oh, what a loving God we have. Dear friend, you can trust in God's common grace as He provides caringly, lovingly for all of His creation. But common grace is only good for here and now in this life. In light of eternity, of course, we need far more. We need more than just common grace. Common grace only gets us to the end of the road. But at the end of the road, we find all of eternity staring before us. And God's grace Common grace runs out at the end of the road. Beyond that, Scripture tells us that all, it has been given for all to, to die. And then after that comes what? Judgment. You see, if all we depend on is God's common grace to provide for us, to provide water for us, to provide food for us, to provide shelter for us, then that's it. Then after death comes judgment. Comes the judgment of God where God will, will pour out His judgment upon those who have lived against Him, who have rebelled against Him, have spent their whole life Pushing against him. But in our passage, we see God's special grace shining through, inviting us to trust in the seed. You see, because God's special grace comes to us through the promised seed of Abraham. The promised seed of Abraham. Isaac is born. And look what, what God tells Abraham. Whatever Sarah says to you, this is in, in verse 12, whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for through Isaac shall your offspring, shall your seed be named. Through Isaac shall your seed be named. You see, it's through the promised seed that all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Now, notice here, it's not an Isaac, is it? It's through Isaac shall your offspring, shall your seed be named. You see, it's through Isaac. It's through that promised seed that God will bring about salvation to all. It's through the seed that we find hope. It's through the seed that we find forgiveness. It's through the seed that we find life. That covenant seed 
that God has promised. It's through the seed. Ishmael has no eternal hope in Abraham. Just because he's Abraham's son doesn't give him the right to eternal life. God provides for him through common grace. He gives him what he needs because he's Abraham's son. You could even say because he is created in the image and likeness of God like all mankind is created. But Ishmael has no eternal hope in Abraham. Ishmael, if he is to have any eternal hope, only has hope through the seed, the promised seed of God. Dear friends, that's the only hope any of us have. It's through the promised seed. The promised seed is Jesus Christ. It's through Jesus Christ that salvation comes. Through Isaac shall your seed, your offspring, not offsprings, not plural. The hope of Abraham is not the nation of Israel, but it is the seed, the offspring that would come through Isaac, through David. Jesus Christ. All Scripture, Jesus said, is about me. It's pointing to me. This passage is pointing to Jesus. If Ishmael has any hope, it's in the seed. It's in Jesus Christ. If Isaac has any hope, it's not in Abraham. It's in the seed. It's in Jesus Christ. If David, who said, the Lord said to my Lord, if David is to have hope, It's not in God's common grace. It's not because of his place in Abraham. But it's because of his place in the seed in Jesus Christ. Dear friend, trust in God's special grace. A special grace that only comes through Jesus. Today there are some here. You've been trusting in all kinds of things. Look at my life. Look how great of a life I have. God has really blessed me with things. Surely He is pleased with me or He wouldn't give me so so many things. Surely God has blessed me. Surely He's pleased with me. He's brought me to to be in the church to have my name on a roll what are you trusting in there's so many things that we can put all of our hope and all of our faith in that will all will come to nothing in the end Abraham had no hope in himself. Ishmael had no hope in Abraham. 
Isaac has no hope in Abraham and being a member of the family. All of Israel has no hope just because they're Abraham's offspring, Jesus even said. The only hope any of us have is trusting in the seed, the promised seed, Jesus Christ, who descended from Abraham, who descended from Isaac and Jacob, who descended from David, yet he was born of the Virgin Mary, born by the Holy Spirit of God. God in human flesh who came and dwelt among us. He went to Calvary's cross, dying for our sin, and was raised again so that we know we can trust in Him and we have been justified in Him. See, that's the promise of God. Dear friend, what are you trusting in today? What are you trusting in today? Trust in the promise of God. Trust in the promise of God. That He is made in Jesus Christ. And in Jesus, in Jesus, in Jesus alone, you find eternal hope. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, that as we survey the pages of Scripture. Lord, we see Your faithfulness. Over and over and over again, You show us Your faithfulness. Promise after promise after promise comes, becomes fulfilled. We see that. And the testimony of history even proves that. So how easy is it for us, Lord, to simply trust in Your promise that You will save us from the judgment that is to come. We trust in the seed Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, I know there's some today who are lost. They're trusting in so many things. They've never stopped seeing Jesus. Put all of their faith in Him. Oh Lord, today, change their heart. Stop them in their tracks.
lift their eyes to the seed. Lift their eyes to Jesus. Let them know the salvation that only He provides. Come today, Lord, I pray. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.